Sunday drive home. Today was the Sunday. Oh boy, today was the Sunday, Luke 17, again this week, of the 10 lepers, the Thanksgiving text. Because remember these 10 lepers? Wowzers. Here they are. So Moses said, you know, it's not so nice to be a leper. And, uh, I mean, just, I mean, it's a bad disease in the first place. And then you have all these social restrictions and legal restrictions, especially from, from Moses, who said that the lepers have to live outside the camp and they, that they have to cry out whenever anybody comes close, unclean, unclean, so that they don't, so that nobody gets infected, right? That's the idea. So can you imagine, you're always trying to say, stay downwind of people. You're always trying to stay away from people. Looks like there's an accident, by the way, coming up here. I was trying, we, we were talking about this in Bible class, that whenever we see something, we should look for opportunity to pray the parts of the liturgy. So there's an accident here, so this is a good time to pray the Kyrie, Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy, Lord have mercy. Which it so happens, by the way, this is a nice tie-in because that's what the leper, these 10 lepers cry. They're supposed to say, unclean, unclean, in other words, stay away, but they see Jesus and they say, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And Jesus says, go show yourself to the priest, and they leave. Now, it's interesting. It's very, I don't know what, exactly what to make of it. They all leave uh, before they are healed. So maybe that's an indication that they had faith that they knew that they would be healed. Um, and so they left her. Maybe it's just desperation. They didn't have any other choice. He, he said, leave. Well, I better leave. They leave. And as they're leaving the presence of Jesus, uh, or as they've left, they're healed. And then the critical thing happens. One of them comes back. One of them turns around and comes back to Jesus. He falls down on his feet and he gives thanks to him. And, and Jesus kind of roughs up the other nine. He says, weren't there 10 healed? Where are those other guys? I kind of feel bad for the other guys because they, I guess, were doing what Jesus said. They were going to show themselves to the priest. But, but Jesus says, no, they, they should have come back to say thanks. And you, he says to this guy, the Samaritan, this one's a Samaritan, a foreigner. Jesus says only the foreigner comes back to give thanks. <laughs> now he says, oh man, your faith has made you, your faith has saved you, Jesus says. Now there's so much in this text. I mean, so, 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 so much. We want to we think about Thanksgiving mostly, but a couple of things to notice. Now, first thing is this, is that, is that trouble and affliction make quick friends. So you would never, so these 10 lepers, here's these 10 lepers. They're removed from their family and everything else. They're united only by their affliction, but they're united in their affliction. It's, just, it's a profound unity that they have. A, let's say this, they have a profound fellowship in affliction because you would never find Jews and Samaritans hanging around with each other, except for there's this Samaritan and this Jewish lepers and Samaritan lepers is that their leprosy becomes the thing that unites them. That, that, that there, there's these, these these huge walls between the Jews and the Samaritans. And except for here, this guy's, 
these guys are all lepers and they're like, well, we might as well hang out. Now, so there's a, oh, there's a way that sickness and affliction tear down walls. Very practically. You notice this. That, uh, that sickness and affliction tear down these walls. And we should push that for ourselves. That should be an example for us because, because there's so many different ways that, that, that people will divide each other up. You know, that you're different from me because of whatever, economics or where you live or the color of your skin or your, your ethnicity or whatever. There's all these kind of divisions. But, but when we realize, when we as Christians realize that we're sinners, that, we're in, that we are profoundly sunk into our sinfulness and our desperate need for saving, then we find in some ways a profound humility and unity with every person. You can't think that you're better than people when you know that you're a, a, a poor, miserable sinner deserving of God's wrath. So, so we should think of ourselves that way. We should think of everyone else this way, that look, I'm a sinner just like that guy, so that we have this, you know, we have a, a fellowship. And we don't wanna, we don't wanna embrace the fellowship of sin, but we wanna embrace the fellowship of sinners, that we are, are, are weak and so forth. There's something else too, and that is that Jesus is probably teaching us about true worship because, because where is true worship going to happen now in the New Testament is not where the priest and the temple is, but rather where Jesus and his body is. That's the, that's the defining Loki of New Testament worship. So remember in John, Jesus says, tear down the temple, I'll build it in three days. And he was talking about the temple of his body. So where the body and the, and the blood of Jesus is, there is the temple of God. There's the location of true worship. Moses, God said through Moses in Exodus 20, wherever I cause my name to be remembered, there I will come to you and there I'll bless you. And so, and so the Lord established the place for his worship. And that place now is the place where the Lord's word is and where the Lord's body is. So that's important. But then there's the business of thankfulness. Now we've we've talked a lot on this channel. You guys are YouTube theologians, and uh, and one of the things we that we've noticed is that the, that the Bible has a bunch to say about thankfulness. I counted this morning. Now I forgot. I think that the word thankful, thankfulness, thanks, etc., occurs something like 143 times in the in the English Bible, and it's. When you look at the ver the different Greek and Hebrew words, it's a, maybe it's pretty close to that too. It, look, it seems like the count was a little bit smaller, and I don't know why. But it, there's a this it comes up all over the Bible, the giving of thanks, and it's a, it's an important sort of thing that we that we are thankful people. In fact, uh, thanks is connected to faith. Jesus says to the thankful man, "Your faith is your faith has saved you." So that so that thankfulness and and faith in the Lord are, are bound up together. Now we normally think about faith as like good manners. Hey, say thank you. Sorry, we think of thanks as good manners. So say please and thank you, and this is just proper sort of etiquette and manners and stuff like this. But 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 Jesus is pointing out that there's something more profound going on with Thanksgiving. In fact, and so the text that helped me to realize this is Romans one, which is explaining the pagan idolatrous mind and the guilt of the pagan idolatrous mind. And Paul says, although the invisible attributes of God are known through the things that are 
created. They are therefore without excuse for although they knew God, they did not honor God as God, nor were they thankful. So not honoring God as God and not being thankful are, for St. Paul, the two marks of the pagan mind. Wowzers! Now, this is so that thanklessness and faithlessness go together. Are you allowed to say wowzers anymore? Wowzers. It's an amazing thing to me to think about that. That, that it's, it's, this understands helps us understand why the devil is always attacking our thankfulness. I mean, he just very practically wants us to forget about all the good stuff, all the great stuff that the Lord has given us. That we are that we're alive, for example, and that that we have the the blood of Jesus and the forgiveness of sins, and and that we have Bibles to to read and neighbors to love and that the sun comes out that it's not 117 degrees today in Texas and there's I mean there's just and the list of things that are that are good are just it's just a profound list but not only that not only that remember the difference between Christian thankfulness and and secular thankfulness is that the Christian looks past the Christian looks past the object of thanks and sees the the giver of the gift. So, so there's so much about gratitude these days. And you like you can watch NPR and like three times a week we're listening and they have like all these stories about gratitude and corporate culture and there's gratitude journals and the, the practice of gratitude and I mean, it's gratitude. Everyone's talking about gratitude all the time. And gratitude means to pause and reflect and to be grateful for the thing that's there. But Christians go beyond that. They go beyond gratitude. They go beyond the recognition of the goodness that's in front of them. And they recognize the goodness of the one who gives everything. So if I'm teaching the kids to be grateful, here, here's the difference between unchristian thankfulness and Christian thankfulness or or unchristian gra- or gratitude and thankfulness Christian thankfulness is that if I'm teaching the kids to be grateful I put in front of them uh, I put in front of them something like Twinkies and they're very grateful but I put in front of them something like Brussels sprouts and they have a, a struggle with their gratitude let's just say it that way but so gratitude falls apart when the when the thing that's given is not good or it's hard to recognize the goodness in it. But but the Christian recognizes the goodness not in the thing but in the giver, not in the gift but the giver. So I recognized growing up, well, maybe I didn't recognize, I should have recognized growing up that my mom, uh, when she gave me Brussels sprouts, she did it because she loved me, and she wanted me to grow up and be a strapping young fellow. She didn't just give me what I wanted or what I liked. She gave me what I needed, and she then that's because she loved me. That's why it happened like that. And so, I, as a th- this is part of Christian thankfulness is I can recognize the goodness of the one who gives the gift, and that lets me give thanks for the Twinkies and for the Brussels sprouts. <laughs> I can give thanks to God in sickness and in health, in riches and in poverty, in joy and in sorrow, in good times and in bad, in easy days and tough days, with a smile and for all of these things. 
because I recognize that they come from the from my good and gracious Heavenly Father who, who loves me. And that's what this leper did. He, the, the, the nine, no doubt, were very grateful at their new and restored bodies, at their lack of leprosy, at their healing. They were, no doubt, very, very happy and grateful about it, but they didn't give thanks to the one from whom it came. So we are called to a life of thankfulness, that is a life of recognizing the goodness of God from whom come all things. And that sets us free to have a sort of perpetual, to, to be abounding, overflowing in thankfulness, like Paul says in Colossians 2. Because God didn't spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How shall he not also together with him give us all things? So that whatever you've got now in your life, the good stuff and the nonsense, a little bit of peace and a little bit of trouble, all of it is served up to you by hands with holes in them. Sunday drive home. Bye.